Hello, you're listening to the C to Z of movies. My name's Colin. I am the C. Joining me is Zijan the Z. Hello, Zijan. Hello. Uh, I believe we are reviewing many films today. Many films? Quite a few. Uh, yes, now we've been to cinemas to see Dune. Uh, so we're talking mostly about that, but I think you're hinting, Zijan, that we've also been watching Venom 2. Is that what you're saying? Yes, I'm pretty sure there's going to be a mini review of that as well coming up. Mini review of Venom 2. It's about half the length of Dune. <laughs> uh, that's your first tip. Um, we're also doing a quiz on the Jaws films, uh, and we're looking back not too many years at uh, Chicago, the, the winner of the Best Picture Oscar in 2002-ish, maybe? We'll find out, <laughs> find out more about that when it comes up, I am sure. Uh, but we start, as we always do, with deciding how to pronounce Dune. Um, was there such a thing? Was there such an issue? Why is there an issue? Only because it, it, to English people, uh, yeah. or, or in fact, yeah, I think maybe just English people, uh, tend to say June, like the month. Our American friends, and I think the Welsh as well, tend to say Dune. Um, so it's ah. all... I have to, so I really have to focus to say Dune. That's why I always sound a little bit odd when I'm saying it. I've never um, had to think about this. Mm. You guys worry about too much stuff. <laughs> um, you've got to think about. You also got to worry about what what is a Dune? What does Dune mean? We'll get to it. If we start with movie news, Ejen. What's, yeah, ha- what's happening uh, in the world of movie news? Well, Disney has done some reshuffling again. My poor, poor spreadsheet. I know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I had, to, I had next year, actually, maybe not to you, but I had next year neatly planned out, Sijan. Neatly planned oh, out. I'm not surprised, though. You are, you are the organizer here. Mm. Yeah, I created the spreadsheet. You did. You set me off and then I, I, took, I took the ball and ran with it. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah, that's the case. But yeah, uh, Disney has done some reshuffling again. Um, so the films that have been delayed, they've been basically pushed to um, other Marvel film slots. So Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness... It's the first move. It was originally on March the 25th. Now it's going to May the 6th. So, and that was Thor, Love and Thunder. Mm-hmm. And now that's been moved off to July 8th. That what was... I've got, it down as, I've got it down as 7th of August, but all right. My sources, I'm pretty <laughs> sure, are pretty similar to your sources. Yes. <laughs> sure. Um, and then that was the Black Panther date. And now that's been bumped to November 11th. Yep. And that would mean the Marvels, which was due then, is now... Completely out of 2022 altogether, and we'll be in February 2023. And Ant-Man Quantumania is pushed back as well to July 2023. I, I, I stopped. You stopped in 2022. Basically, yes, I mean, they, like, <laughs> they just bumped everything back one. Exactly. And despite the fact that we disagree about when Thor's coming out, we agree with the rest. <laughs> and uh, I'm off to do this project again. Yeah, I mean, it seems... I don't know whether this is pandemic related. I'm assuming maybe. No, they're saying that um, Disney is worried about some backlog that's happening. So they just wanted some breathing room. Okay. Uh, Just in case. Um, But the more cynical of people would think this is because of the litigation that Disney is handling right now. It could Um, be, couldn't it? Could be. There's quite a lot of litigation going about. So yeah, the only thing that hasn't changed the date is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Oh yeah. Yep. It's due May 5th, 2023, and it's still due then. So, Okay, that's interesting. I guess it's, they're working around James Gunn's availability, probably. Yeah, clearly, right? Yeah. Um, it's not just Marvel films that are being moved, though. Indiana Jones 5 has been pushed back almost an entire year. Yep. Uh, I think that was due in July next year, and now it's in June 2023. Uh, so it definitely will happen. 
Actually, no, it all happened. But yes, we've, we've talked about Doctor Doc Strange 2 and how it fits in with all the other working bits of the Marvel Universe, whether it's Spider-Man or whether it's uh, the TV stuff. But I guess yep. they're not that worried about it all fitting in perfectly. Clearly not. I mean, like, well, are there any more TV shows planned anyway before Doctor Strange comes out, apart from the Hawkeye one? Um, so Hawkeye, obviously, before this Christmas. When's Ms. Marvel? Is that before then? Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. I'm sure. I'm sure they'll make it work. I mean, if it doesn't work, they don't couldn't care less anyway. Right? I don't think people mind that much nowadays. No, other than we'll say, "Hey, you promised us a film in February, or and we didn't get yeah. one." Uh, but we'll have to. We'll just have to live with three Marvel films uh, next year. Yeah, we'll, we'll live with four months of Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, where are you on Spider-Man? Are you are you giving up on trailers now, or are you going to watch another trailer? Yeah, no, 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 no more, no more. The only issue is that you know because we have to do movie news, right? So mm. it, it, spoilers will bound to come out in the movie news that we go through. So that's going to be a pain to avoid. But good, yeah, yeah, I'll try my best. Um, it's going to be hard to avoid that in Marvel Eternals because I'm pretty sure it'll be out then, <laughs> one of the trailers at least. Yeah, so stand in the foyer. <laughs> <laughs> I've done that before when I, when I was trying to avoid Star Wars trailers. Have you really? I, did, I did walk out of the screening for like five, oh, wow. five minutes and then walk back in again. Okay, maybe uh, I should not try not to get seats right in the middle then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. I just came out of the trailer study for Spider Man. I can't yeah. see it. I can't see it. I did see that there's tens of thousands of hashtag Spider Man No Way Home on Twitter and I didn't I didn't click on it, but that's just that something's happened. I'm just trying to avoid it all now. Uh. <laughs> There you go. Uh, what else have we got? Uh, the Barbie movie. Were you looking forward to the Barbie movie? I can't believe you started your pet based on news with this, but yes. I'm, I, this, I find this utterly fascinating, this movie. So Margot Robbie is, has sometime been on to play Barbie. I think yep. replacing Rebel Wilson, was it? Anyway, well, maybe not. No, that was uh, Imish Ashuma. Oh, yes, of course it was. Um, anyway, Ryan Gosling has, uh, is to play Ken. Oh, there's one very, very good-looking pair. Mm. Like I say, they, they are, they, I guess, the dream casting of Barbie and Ken. I just don't know what this film is. Because it's, <laughs> it's, it's an official thing. And I guess Barbie these days is all about uh, doing lots of careers and the sky's the limit and all this kind of thing. But surely not just going to make a straight-up Barbie becomes a nuclear physicist movie, are they? Uh, no idea. I mean, it's co-written by Greta Gerwig. Okay. Uh, and Noah Bombach, I can't mm. pronounce his last name, who Bam- did Bambach, Marriage Story. Yeah, who did Marriage Story. So these are two very accomplished writers. Um, so, you know, uh, I will give them the benefit of the doubt that they can make it work. Yeah, I think they could write a great Barbie movie. I'm just not sure they could write a great one that, is it Mattel? Uh, yeah. whoever, <laughs> would want to sign up to. So uh, I'm, I'm genuinely fascinated and quite looking forward to this, actually. I think this. I, I don't know what kind of audience they will get with people. I, I, whilst I would like to see it, I certainly wouldn't want to go up to the ticket place and say, can I have one ticket to Barbie, please? Mm. Um, <laughs> this is one of those films that you go onto the automatic machine. Yes, I buy all my cinema tickets online. Yeah, <laughs> and click yeah. the Barbie movie right at the front or the back in a dark corner. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, and then on my local view, if you uh, go to the toilet, you can then sneak into the screenings without having to go past the ticket scanner. Little, oh, even better. Little tip there for anyone who wants to sneak into my local cinema. <laughs> <laughs> I've never done that. I've always uh, paid for my cinema ticket. <laughs> um, more casting news. Nice. Um, and speaking of Guardians of the Galaxy 3 as well, uh, Will Poulter has been cast as Adam Warlock. So for those who remember 
March of Guardians of the Galaxy 2. At the post credit scene, um, Adam Warlock was teased as a creation of uh, Aisha, Elizabeth Debicki's character, oh, yes. who was touted to be the main villain but wasn't really in the second film. Um, and he is being created by her as part of her plan to destroy the Guardians. So Will Poulter. Um, I think you've probably most known him for his eyebrows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's pretty much true. Um, he was in the the Narnia series and Bandersnatch, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I feel like I know him quite well, but I don't sure how much of his stuff I've actually. Seen. Oh yeah, no, I, I, did you ever watch the Narnia series when that came out? Yeah, yeah, yeah he, the Narnia series. He's the cousin. Yeah, yeah. Eustace, I think. Eustace. Um, and I've seen him. Oh, I saw him in Detroit recently, which is a oh. har- harrowing film. Uh, but he's. Uh, if you want to see him as. Um, as a racist policeman, then it, ah. that, that, he's very good in that. Okay. Uh, more casting. Jennifer Lawrence is back uh, again. She's <laughs> going to be in uh, No Hard Feelings, uh, an R-rated uh, comedy. Uh, okay. Slash coming of age tale. Is Jennifer Lawrence too old to come of age? I feel like she's too old to come yeah, of age. Yeah, potentially. Like, what? What's the oldest teenagers <laughs> that you know? Not, not personally, but in, in, on screen. It's probably a stock at Channing, right? Oh, right, in Greece. In Greece. Uh, she was 32 years old. Oh, can we beat that? I mean, if you could look at any film from like the 40s or something, all the all the teenagers are uh, 50 or so. But uh, yes, yeah, so, so you think she'll be playing... Uh, maybe, she'll be, maybe she'll be playing 21 or something. I don't know. Or maybe, mm. you, maybe you can come of age at any point. So, yeah, that's true, though. Yeah, um, yeah. Since when do you need to be a 20-year-old or... Exactly, exactly. We, we can still come of age, Asian. <laughs> still do it. Uh, That's why we call it a midlife crisis. Whoa, yeah. whoa, 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 which has reminded me, which has reminded me, I can't believe I didn't start the podcast with this. What? Uh, it's my favourite part of the podcast year. <sighs> it's uh, it's that glorious that glorious time of year when I'm a year younger than you. I know there was a reason why I didn't want to do this podcast. <laughs> Happy uh, birthday, Zijan. Happy birthday. Thank you very much. Thank how, you very much. How does it feel? To be a square number. Yeah. You're not going to get many of these left. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> it's quite rare. Um, yeah, old. I feel old. This is the first time that your age has been the product of two different squares. Uh, that must be pretty good. I know. I worked <laughs> so hard for this. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations. I can only look up to you as the elder, uh, more senior, uh, and infinitely wiser uh, podcast host as the tender age myself of 35. For now. For now, I look to, I look forward to coming of age uh, before our next podcast. <laughs> yeah, we'll do. <laughs> uh, uh, so I was going, I was trying to find a good segue in all my piece of news. That's the that's the reason. Do you need to, <laughs> do you need me to re- remind me of where you are, old man? No, <laughs> doing the news, Ejan. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, I don't need it. I need a, I need a better segue, but clearly there is a one that, that relates to my birthday or growing up or oh maybe this works. Okay, so, <laughs> okay, I'm listening. No, this doesn't work at all. <laughs> but, but anyway, uh, Anthony Hopkins, uh, who was in Florian Zellers, The Father, yes, um, will now be joining Florian Zellers, The Son. Yes, hmm. which presumably... I'm not sure whether it's an age-related segue or anything, but that's there now. We, we, only we, could find. we invite the listener to create their own segue off the back of that. <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming these aren't really related. I, mean, I guess maybe thematically related. No, uh, yeah, not really related. Because in the Sun, uh, it follows uh, Hugh Jackman uh, and his new partner Vanessa Kirby, whose life with their new baby is thrown into disarray when his ex-wife comes back with their teenage son. 
Hmm. Anthony Hopkins is playing the teenage son, is he? <laughs> <laughs> um, as much as I admire Anthony Hopkins' <laughs> work and his uh, resume, um, and as much as I can, you know, I can kind of believe Jennifer Lawrence playing a teenager. <laughs> yeah. This could be the new um, winner of the record for oldest teenager on film. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, we're getting a film about the creation of Disneyland, mm-hmm. uh, which will be directed by someone called David Gordon Green, and it's a Disney film. Um, so I feel it. They seem that's usually a bit more subtle on their propaganda films. But, uh, here we are. I mean, one about how how this has made everyone's dreams come true and how great it is. I, I mean, the imagine. last time. Walt Disney was portrayed on screen was saving Mr. Banks, I believe. Mm, Tom Hanks. Yep. So that was quite a while back as well. I think it was uh, 2012, maybe? Quite early on. Um, so David Gordon Green, um, he recently did the Halloween series. Um, for right. those who like horror, um, for those who don't like yourself and myself, mm-hmm. he has directed Pineapple Express. Okay, I've not seen that. Mm. But you know the film, right? So, I know of it, yes. Yeah, yeah. there you go. I say Tom Hanks played Walt Disney uh, fairly uh, sympathetically, shall we say? Um, yes. Compared to the the actuality, so uh, yeah, this is a uh, odd. Have you, have you ever been to Disneyland? Uh, the one in Paris. Oh, yeah. Any good? Uh, I mean, I'm so like I grew up in Malaysia, where we, you know, Disneyland was quite far away. Sure. Um, and you know, I grew up loving all the Disney films, so going there was was really fun. Uh, oh. Just reliving my childhood, uh, really. Um, uh, it's just yeah it's just good fun did you get to chat with Mickey no but I got a picture of Winnie the Pooh oh, there was a huge queue I think we queued for like one hour for a picture of Winnie the Pooh wow <laughs> so there you go it oh, wasn't good, worth good it times. but yeah there, yeah there you go um, Jake Gyllenhaal uh, will be starring Guy Ritchie's next film oh yeah a comic book and a comic book adaptation of Prophet yeah I don't know Prophet it's quite obscure isn't it it's very obscure. Um, he, so John Prophet is he's a guy who volunteers for a German experiments near the end of World War Two in order to feed his family. It gives him superior strength, but after a bombing buries him alive, he reawakens in 1965 um, and finds out that the world has moved on without him. His daughter resents him, etc., etc. So, so a German experiment. Exactly. So is he German? I believe so. Oh. Mm. John Prophet doesn't sound very German, but there you go. No, probably not. Yeah, I think so. But yeah, I, I'm not too sure about this comic uh, book uh, mm. myself. So this may come out as a correction in the next uh, podcast. I look, for, I look forward to it. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, he, he did a good job with Mysterio. I enjoyed that a lot. So, uh, mm. Why not go back to that, that well? Uh, we're getting a film about Oppenheimer, which I think we already knew. Crystal Nolan is making it uh-huh. uh, next film, but we now know that uh, Killian Murphy will be starring in it, and Emily Blunt is in talks for it. Uh, Killian Murphy obviously worked with Crystal Nolan in uh, Batman Begins and Inception, in fact. And Killian Murphy and Emily Blunt were together in a Quiet Place Part Two. Of course they were. Of course they were. Oh. But I don't think Emily Blunt has worked with Crystal Nolan before, so that's uh, that's cool. Uh, I'm a sh- I, I don't know enough about this film. I, I, the fact that Killian Murphy is starring it makes me think he's playing Robert Oppenheimer. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what role Emily Blunt will be playing. Hmm. Yeah. I like the cast. Uh, I like so, them. I think I'm on record as saying I'm not going to watch Christian Nolan's next films. This might yep. might, might test my uh, my resolve. Resolve. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we just get Anya Taylor Joy in it, and that's that's it. And that's I'm the there. End of a resolve. Anya Taylor Joy and Tom Cruise starring in the new Oppenheimer. I'm uh, I'm all over it. Yeah, <laughs> probably, probably not as love interest. There's a bit too much of a gap between them. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, let's all go there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, there's going to be a Merlin film for Disney, mm. uh, and it's going to be directed by Michael Matthews, who was the director of Love and Monsters, the film that we watched earlier in the year yeah. on Netflix. Um, yeah, so this is not the Merlin based on the Sword in the Stone uh, film by Disney. This is a different Merlin. What? Um, <laughs> when I say a different Merlin, it's not based on, it's, it's, not, the, it's not an adaptation of The Sword in the Stone. It's an adaptation of a kid's novel by T.A. Barron. Oh, yeah. uh, there are 12 of them apparently and oh, Disney no. has the screen rights of them I know right <laughs> I mean like 12 films Why? it's just <laughs> everything Disney would like um, the, the only note I made for this is they're making Merlin again uh, yes. I have I have zero interest in I mean it feels like they they keep trying to make King Arthur I've, every two or three years we get another King Arthur film now we're getting another Merlin I'm not interested mm-hmm. I'm not going to watch 12 Merlin films unless they come out on Disney Plus in which case I might as well I suppose <laughs> that's how they get cook you yep yeah they put the first one on Disney Plus and then they'll be like come to cinemas to watch Merlin 6 <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, Disney Plus uh, we're getting the She-Hulk series coming out soon we've probably seen it, don't we? Um, and there are rumours that oh. Marvel are going to make a Hulk solo film based on World War Hulk uh, so nothing official uh, huh. we, we know or from the past that they don't have the rights to make a solo Hulk movie. Uh, Universal have those. They need, they need to get an arrangement with Universal, which didn't seem to be uh, on the cards. Possibly they can get around it by saying it's a Hulk slash She-Hulk team-up movie. Oh, that's maybe? tenuous at best. Um, World War Hulk is one of the best-loved comic books mm. uh, um, on Marvel. And part of it actually appeared in um, Thor Ragnarok. Well, that that was more Planet Hulk, wasn't it? Oh, that, yeah, that's true. That's more Planet Hulk. Mm. That was the the beginning of World War Hulk. You're, you're mm. right there. Yeah, absolutely right there. That's when World War Hulk. So World War Hulk is the aftermath of Planet Hulk. Right, right. Okay. Uh, in the comic book show, uh, uh, the Incredible Hulk was sent to space uh, by Mister Fantastic, Iron Man, etc., Doctor Strange, etc., um, because they deemed him too much of a danger. Mm. Uh, when he was in, he landed on this planet and we had to fight. To survive, he made a bunch of uh, renegade friends, uh, basically like Gladiator. He got married um, as well and had a son, but um, that planet got destroyed accidentally uh, and he got so angry, he thought that person, the people who destroyed the planet was none other than the people from Earth who sent him there. Oh, yeah. So he came back to Earth to get his revenge, basically. That's that's the that's the idea of World okay. War Hulk. Mm. Okay. So it it seems an odd time to be doing this. It really is. I mean, it feels like Mark. Mark I love Mark Ruffalo in that role, but it feels like he's come to the natural end of his. I mean, I know he's still doing it. And he's going to be in She-Hulk, but it doesn't feel like it's now time to give him a lead role for mm. this. It feels a bit like Black Widow, and that it would have been great if it had come out five years earlier. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I I kind of thought that he would now be kind of just passing on the mantle to She-Hulk, and I know she's quite a different character, but. Obviously, they're connected. So, I mean, this all again. This might all not be true. It's just rumours that are floating around the internet. But uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, I'd be pleased to see that. But the slate is filled for the next few years anyway. So even if this is happening, it's not happening till what twenty twenty four at the earliest, I suppose. Exactly. I mean, um, Hulk, you can just see James of it anyway. That's true, and we know that he's not Professor Hulk all the time anymore. After that, post credits yeah. of Shang Chi. So, uh, 
who knows what's going on there. We'll find out in She-Hulk next year, maybe? Yeah, we would do. Um, yeah, I've got no more news now. I think the last bit I have is just uh, d- uh, just something. Uh, DC Fandom ap- appeared on oh, it happened, 16 it? October. Yes. It happened on 16 October. We don't really talk about it because it's mostly trailers. Um, mm. And uh, So just for information, really, like for those who want to see any new trailers for the DC films... Um, the DC fandom is basically a streaming event where, you know, they're just promoting and marketing all their new TV shows, films, and video games. And we see new trailers for The Batman, The Flash, Black Adam, Shazam, Fury of the Gods, and Aquaman and Lost Kingdom. For Yeah, although a lot of them aren't really trailers, are they just kind of behind-the-scenes looks? and Exactly. Yeah. But yeah. I, I say last year, DC fandom... I thought did a fantastic job in kind of building up hype and, and using some of the DC had become a bit of a joke I think with the number of projects they were announcing but not putting out and blah blah, blah. and then DC Fandom I, I, I was surprised to be excited by a lot of stuff whereas this year there's so not little so new stuff it's I mean I guess the, the pandemic is the real reason but so much of this is remember last year we announced Black Adam well now we have a slightly more Black Adam you know last year we announced Batman well we've got slightly more Batman it was just a kind of I don't, there were no new projects. I mean, there were a couple of games, maybe, but there were no new films announced, were there? I don't think. No, nothing. Um, nothing of the sort. Yeah. And a lot of the TV series seemed to come into a natural end as well, so they had a kind of a wind-down feel on that side. So, yeah, yep. some good trailers out there, but not, not as exciting, I think. A hmm. uh, couple more things. So we're getting a Joe McCarthy uh, biopic. Um, from He was a politician in... America, I think in the 60s, I'm going to say, uh, who basically tried to root out communists. And uh, we got this still the phrase McCarthyism. Basically, he just went, well, a lot further than a lot of people thought he should. And uh, there was this idea of this blacklist and people couldn't work in Hollywood. That's probably early in the 60s. Maybe it's the 40s. Anyway. Uh, anyway, Emilia Clark, Michael Shannon and Dane DeHaan are all going to be in that, which... Um, is a decent cast. So That's a name I haven't heard for a long time. Dane DeHaan. Dane DeHaan, no. I, was, uh, I guess the last thing I can think of him in was that weird thing with uh, Cara Delevingne. <laughs> Valerian. That's it. I didn't see it. Me neither. Um, yeah, he was going to be, he was the next big thing at one point, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, well, there you go. Amazing Spider-Man 3 did, uh, 2 rather did for him. Um, and also, Media Clark and Chiwetel Ejiofor are going to be starring in a sci-fi rom-com called The Pod Generation. Uh, and I will get to reinter my uh, long-going argument about whether or not Amelia Clark is going to be on the verge of becoming the most famous British actor of all time. I mean, surely you're very proven your points, right? Uh, yeah, I think we had a deadline. I think it was 10 years after we originally initially said this. So I've still got a few years left where she might, I guess, do it. And given how keen Netflix is for me to watch Last Christmas... Uh, maybe uh, maybe it'll happen there uh, well as as previous time times we move on to uh, to see or not to Z we talk about films we have recently seen and tell you the listener whether you should see them or not Z them and it's uh, maybe a little bit more on this one than sometimes it's because Zizian what have you been watching well I mean <laughs> we're going to talk about Venom 2 Venom let there be carnage we, we mentioned this the last time that we're, going, we're probably going to talk about it and this is going to be a mini review as well because Venom is like the, the kind of film that we like to talk about on this podcast anyway yeah uh, basically we, the, we had a choice of whether we're going to do venom 2 or, or dune and i think it was your choice Sijan, for us to do dune so. yeah because i d- dislike the venom's disrespect to my country um at I, least dune doesn't do that it, uh, n- no we can, we can 
spoilers for Dune, there's, there's no disrespectful references to Malaysia. Um, I did notice in Venom 2, at one point, he swerves onto the left-hand side of the road. And I thought, is this a, is this a subtle uh, recompense for this uh, for this slight of getting the wrong side? It's of the, not enough. <laughs> it was it was it was probably too subtle if, if that's what they were going for. No, fair enough, fair enough. Um, yeah, Venom. Let that be carnage. Sees Tom Hardy returning as Eddie Brock slash Venom. Uh, say slash Venom because he voices Venom as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, going against Woody Harrison, who is Cletus Cassidy slash Carnage, who is another symbiote, and um, for those who have seen the first film, um, he appeared in the credits of the uh, the first film. With um, big red curly hair that yeah, that's uh, changed. has been uh, paired back quite significantly for this one. Yeah, yeah. Because mm. I think he signed on for that post-credits before even seeing a script. No, there wasn't a script for Venom 2. Just, really? Just like, yeah, okay, I'll take a punt. I guess there wasn't even a director at that point either. Um, mm. This, uh, yes, speaking of directors, is directed by Andy Serkis. And as you've mentioned before, uh, this is probably one of the shortest superhero films out there, clocking mm. at only 97 minutes. Thereabouts, yeah, yeah. Um, and it felt it. It felt like they really rattled through everything. Uh, even from, from the off, like there's a kind of a, as a lot of these films do, there's kind of the, the villain background story. And it was mm. like it was done in, like, what is the quickest possible way we can give you this background? Just. Scene, 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 scene. Here we go. Uh, I I quite enjoyed the the speed of it though. I mean, after watching um, No Time to Die, mm-hmm. uh, I I'm quite happy to watch a shorter film. Uh, and I was I, mean, I was quite glad that you know Venom Two wasn't that long. Um, yeah, and it, I think it kind of worked. Like I mean, you know, it hits all the usual superhero bits. Um, I don't think I was missing much by having a longer film. If I, you know, um, yeah, I thought it was okay. I, I enjoyed the I enjoy, enjoyed the length for the film. I enjoyed the length because it meant I got to leave earlier. Um, I <laughs> did not like this film. Um, Why not? On the first one, I think we maybe we weren't big fans of that, no. and I think it was a big tonal mismatch. And I remember saying on the podcast, if they just make it a buddy comedy, that's what they should focus on. Uh, I, clearly I wasn't the only person to have that idea because that's what they did uh, and I, I think I was wrong <laughs> that, did, that did not make a good film for me uh, I just think Eddie Brock is such a rubbish like stuttering sweaty pathetic man I think it's such a weird choice as a as a, as, as a, as a hero of the film yeah. I didn't hate it I just didn't like it I, I don't want to see any more I'm not interested in this character the, I'm not interested in Venom I don't think there's anything to be interested in Venom, really. All, all he wants in this thing is just to... Uh, to eat people. To eat people and not be killed. <laughs> yep, no, that's pretty much him. Uh, I, I enjoyed the body cop elements of this. I thought they were pretty well done. I thought they were quite funny at bits. Uh, no, no, I enjoyed. I definitely enjoyed this a lot more than the previous film, for sure. Do yeah. you think Michelle Williams is ever going to watch this film? Uh, no, she's much better than this film. She, she, uh, do, uh, it's... It feels like she signed on for this because her agent told her she should do a superhero film. And uh, she's barely in it. I mean, she does a little bit, I suppose. But, uh, mm. Yeah. I'm just trying to think whether... Should we do spoilers in this little thing? Because there's some spoilers that I guess is news yep. as well. Yep. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. So mid-credits, um, Venom's like, I can show you all sorts of crazy things. Uh, and then somehow, when it claims it's not him, they get pulled through into the MCU. Where, as luck would have it, Spider-Man is on TV screen at that very second. Uh-huh. Uh, to which Venom says, this guy, and then licks the screen. Which I don't know what that's about. 
Um, well, I, I quite enjoyed that a bit. Um, I, I, I did quite expect the Venom to appear in the MCU. I, I like the change of uh, the colors from the dull tones of uh, the Venom films into the much brighter tones of Marvel. I thought it worked very well as well. Um, and yeah, it was a it was a very it was a very nice moment for me. Uh, just to see both worlds collide. I enjoyed that. I felt exactly the opposite um, <laughs> because because I uh, because I hadn't liked this film and because I'm looking forward so much to Spider-Man No Way Home. It was my feeling was just dread of are they going to try and lump him into that film and, and my, my suspicion is they're probably not. They might put him in a post credits or something. I don't think the, I don't think he's going to be a big part of the film. Hopefully not in it at all. But having looked forward to this film so much, I think there's already so much going on. Yeah. I don't want you throwing Venom in this film as well. No, that 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 may be a tad too far, but we'll see. We will see. Uh, so there you go. I I don't think you should bother seeing it. Zijan thinks you should. Is that fair? Yep. yep. Yeah, that is fine. Yeah. There you go. So uh, take your pick. Uh, anything else you've been watching? Which one to stick with? I, that? I should have something that I've planned. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's the only thing I remember right now. I'm pretty sure I watched another film before that as well. But go on. Okay. Uh, I I watched a French film on Netflix called Friend Zone, um, which is. I think maybe one of my favourite films of the year. Uh, really oh. nice. It, it came up with just a recommendation. It's, a, it's a, basically it's a romantic comedy. There's this kid, uh, this guy who uh, really likes uh, uh, this girl he meets, but he, he leaves it too long, so he enters the friend zone as as, uh, as the sitcom Friends popularised. Anyway, uh, and he's got three female friends who are basically trying to tell him how to win her or how to make her think of him in a different way. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it may be because every woman in this is impossibly beautiful. Uh, that it appealed to me in some ways but also it's a really sweet film I think the lead's very charismatic I'd not really watched a lot of European cinema uh, and I think it's fairly probably fairly low budget I've never heard of any actors in it but I would yeah recommend this I think Sick This Out this is a yeah, really sweet film okay uh, I watched the first 15 minutes of Last Christmas that I come <laughs> you see you see Netflix is really forcing Last Christmas on us I know and Henry Gaudet and Michelle Yeoh are in it and they're Malaysians I have to support them I have no choice okay does that mean you're going to finish it? No. Okay, that, that was that, that was extended your support. Was it the first fifteen minutes? Fifteen minutes. That's a lot of my time. Okay. Okay. Uh, I read. I, I discovered the plot line a few. Well, when it came out, I suppose. So that's. I mean, that's you just enough. need to listen to the song to know the plot line. Yeah, it's not. Um, I think most people have figured out from the trailers, haven't they? Okay, we move on then to Dune. Oh. Or Dune or Dune. Yes. One of those. Uh, how, are you going to give it a crack or are you just going to let it sneak up on you <laughs> I'm so conscious of it now <laughs> it doesn't work like this it'll no, come it'll, it'll come, come fine. Uh, well tell us about Dune um, so directed by Denis Villeneuve um, this is the first part of a two part adaptation well hopefully because mm. <laughs> no one knows whether uh, Dune 2 will happen Um yeah, although I mean, apparently, uh, so just to interrupt, the, uh, a, a fairly senior exec person apparently this week said, uh, if you look at the, I think he said something like, it's called Dune Part 1, so what do you think? Uh, which suggests that it should be on the way. That doesn't mean anything. It's uh, yeah, it's probably, it's slightly more, uh, gives more encouragement than if he just said, I don't know. <laughs> like, uh, so- I mean, it's quite an epic film, and I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that this has been touted as the sci-fi version of Lord of the Rings, um, mm. and um, I mean, they started filming this like what last two years ago because it was supposed to come out late last year as well, um, and you know they haven't started even 
beginning considering the idea of uh, filming Dune Part 2. So who knows what's going to happen. But for those who do not know, this is based off the famous sci- sci- science fiction. I can't pronounce science for some reason. Right. Science fiction novel by the same name uh, by Frank Herbert. Yes. Um, so wh- where are we on, on Dune? Have, have you read it? Have you seen the previous I, film? Have you watched the miniseries that apparently was? <laughs> I read Dune. Um, and I don't remember much of it. The only things I remember from it are Spice. Yes. Uh, sandworms. Yes. And the Messiah. Hmm. Because, um, yeah, spoilers. There are spoilers in that, that note alone. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I've only read the book. And uh, I told my brother, was it quite a short book? And he was telling me, no, 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 it's quite thick. <laughs> so is. clearly I don't remember much of the book. So this this is one ago, was it? It was quite a while back, yeah. So I read early it. 20s, I believe. Okay, I, I read it last year ah. uh, for the first time. I still didn't remember as much as I thought I might. <laughs> I remembered a fair amount, um, including some bits that weren't in this. But it, as you say, this is part one of two, and presumably more because there are sequels and maybe prequels, I don't know, um, yep. to Dune. But it felt like this covered almost all of the first book that I remembered, certainly. Uh, so I think there's less plot to cover in the second one. I, I have heard suggestions that it's more battle-heavy, maybe more action uh, rather than building up plot uh, and i've never seen the original for the original the um david lynch film either so we have nothing to compare with in, in that <laughs> i really don't remember anything from the book i have to say it's so far back yeah i'm not too sure it's just it just doesn't stick in my mind no um, well that, that's my main that was my main uh response to doing the book was i i finished it and i was like okay well that's finished now there, there was no <laughs> there, there was no emotional resonance I, again i didn't hate it I quite enjoyed it as it was happening, but I didn't care about the characters. I didn't want to know what happened to them next. I just got to the end of the thing. I don't know why this is such a big deal. Oh. Mm. So uh, it follows uh, Paul Atreides, um, who is played by Timothy Chalamet in um, the film. And as he and his family are thrust into a war for the dangerous planet Arrakis, um, and the planet Arrakis is well known for pro- producing spice, Mm. Um, and spice in this case is known. Um, it's not just like you know time and parsley. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's literally used for space travel or spice travel, if you will. Yeah, I don't know why I use the word literally. That's definitely not wrong usage of literally. <laughs> also, time and basil are herbs, not spices. But never mind. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, I shouldn't. Be, I shouldn't be on this. This, this is, is our, definitely not a cooking podcast, guys. No, no, or, or a linguistics one. <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to think of any spices. Uh, should be saffron. Either. Yes, there we go. Paprika, maybe. Yeah. Uh, good, good. Uh, I'm I'm interested to know actually before we go into that. If, if someone watching this film who didn't know anything about the book, would they know what Dune was? Because I don't think anywhere in this film do they say what Dune means. I'm sure they know what a Dune is. Yeah, but so Dune is another name for the planet Arrakis. Oh, and that's was it? Yeah, well, so there you go. You even you've forgotten that. It's, it's not mentioned in the film anywhere. It's huh. so I, odd. I mean, you can kind of make it out, right? I mean, it's full of sand, and sand dunes are a thing. Sure, so, sure. Yeah, they call it dune because it's about a world because of all full the of sand. sand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's not too hard. That's not a hard stretch. I think. I think there are much worse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure there are much worse titles out there. Uh, like Tron. Uh, like anyway, Tron. That's, that's a personal beef. <laughs> um, yeah okay uh well let's 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 rattle through the cast shall we so talk about so, timothy so, chalamet 
Ensemble uh, cast is a huge cast. It is a huge cast. Mm. Great cast. Very good. Very good cast. Mm-hmm. Rebecca Ferguson, Oscar Isaac, Josh Brolin, Stellan Skarsgård, Dave Bautista, Zendaya, Jason Momoa, Javier Bardem, and many more. And many more. Uh, some of whom I recognised, um, and some of whom I don't know, and some of whom I only realised. In fact, Stellan Skarsgård is one of the ones. Yes. I didn't realise that was him until I was looking at the cast list after. And I was like, oh yeah, it was him. Okay, he's a lot of, Who, lot of prosthetic. Which, which was Stan Skarsgård? Uh, he, he, the... he was the Baron. Oh. And, uh, and, and who uh, was Javier Bardem? He was one of the Fremen. The one who spits ah. spits on the ground. Oh, okay. Yep. Uh, I think. I think that... Ooh, was that him? Oh, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, he was definitely See. one of the Fremen. Um, but I can't remember if that was him or not. It's a long film. And I was tired. Uh... Yes, yeah, so, so all, all star cast. Timothy Chalamet, I think, is very goodness. Um, he's a very good actor. He's very kind of had a good blend of naive but also kind of strong purpose. I thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he is perfect casting for this. Yeah, I think so too. I think he's he's always a solid actor. Though. I don't think I've seen him in a bad film. What about Little Women? I like Little Women just because you hated the book, Colin. I did. Doesn't mean the film is awful. I've also seen the film. Oh, have you? Yeah. He's good. Yeah. I mean, he's good in it, but... Yeah, and Little Women isn't a bad film. I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you have against Louisa May Alcott, I have to say? Uh, now is not the time, Cijan, to delve into my many hatreds of Little Women. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I like Timothy Chalamet, and he, he, car- he can carry a film. He can. Mm. He's so charismatic. Is this the first time he actually led the film? Led any uh, film? I guess Beautiful Boy... Oh yeah, I guess maybe Steve Carell was leading that, but he was he was fairly significant in that. Uh, Call me by your name, but I guess he and Army Hammer had maybe co-leads. But mm. yeah, uh, he is charismatic, I, I, which the character of Paul is not, I think, uh, <laughs> either in the book or, or here. He does, I say, a great job with it, but uh, I couldn't tell you from the book any characteristics of Paul. I, to, I didn't like the book. I think I was clear. I said I, I didn't. I said I didn't hate it. But I didn't didn't enjoy it. Um, mm. Zendaya, who features heavily in the trailers, uh, is here to gaze meaningfully at the camera in slow motion. In blue with blue eyes. With blue eyes um, for many many vision sequences, and then you get to see her say a line or two towards the end. And she, that's it. She's I someone mean, like, who's definitely signed on for the sequel, hasn't she? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if for people who read the book, you kind of expected that. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean, she's not in the first three quarters of the book. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, I wasn't too surprised, even though I don't remember much of the book. But like, you know, I do remember parts of the plot to know, you know, when things are happening and where things are happening. So I didn't know that Zendaya wouldn't feature heavily in this. So. Right, uh, we've got Rebecca Ferguson who features a lot in this film she plays uh, Paul's mother uh, Jessica uh-huh. uh, I, w- reading the book I always pictured Gina Torres for some reason uh, which okay. I don't know why I play Zoe Washburn of course she does uh, I have no real reason for that <laughs> That's sometimes <laughs> I just I light on a character and uh, picture them as someone but Rebecca Ferguson I thought was good uh, yeah I thought she was great as well like I, I don't see Rebecca Ferguson in many films but I thought she was great in this as well um, she yeah, she's been in some pretty bad... I think she may have won the CZ uh, You Should Fire Agent Award last uh, year, or maybe two years ago. Uh, yes, because she was in things like Men in Black International. Uh, um, and probably Cats. She's probably in Cats. Uh, so it's good to see her doing something a bit more respectable. 
Exactly. Uh, Oscar Isaac is very serious. As the father. As the father. And, uh, the head of the Atreides house. Yep. Uh, the Duke Duke Leto, is it? Leto? Mm. Something like that. I don't know if Oscar Isaac being that old. I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm so young. Difficult to remember. <laughs> he seems to have gone from fresh kid on the block to aged father quite quickly. Okay. Okay. That's my main feedback on Oscar Isaac. Wow. <laughs> a comment of his, on his looks. I mean, I say he, he, he is. Don't, don't get me wrong, he's looking good. Uh, he's just looking old. <laughs> Jason Momoa is there and he is not serious. No, he's uh, Dunk. Duncan. Duncan. People are saying that the, the film should be about Duncan because you can because the titles look like Dunk. Oh, I see. Okay, I'm with you. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, he um, is the only person who thought this was a comedy, um, in my view. He's he's having a few laughs. He makes fun of of uh, Paul for not being that muscly. Yeah, but you need someone to break the tension a little bit. I think I, I think he fits in well. I don't think he stands out like a sore thumb, like you are implying here. <laughs> no, I think the, the only bit that stuck out was the, the joke about him not having put muscle on, which felt like it was there for the trailers. Ah, um, yeah, the problem is, but I think he, he does fit into this whole universe well. I mean, you need someone who's more, you know, uh, down to earth. Or down because, to down to Arrakis, I think you mean. Yeah, down to Arrakis, because like obviously, uh, the problem with science fiction is that it always feels a bit too detached, and you 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 know you want to make it as more as relatable as possible. And I think Jason Momoa's character does it. So what you're saying, is that you relate to who? Uh, Jason Momoa. Of course I do. Seven foot and covered in muscle. That's the... Uh, yep. No, I'm with you. I'm not, I'm not sure what you're saying here, Colin. I'm, no, I'm not disagreeing. I relate to the sandworms. That's how I relate. <laughs> uh, we've got Josh Brolin playing a character that when I read the books, I could never remember which one was him and which one was Duncan. Uh, I still can't really remember uh, what any characteristics he has <laughs> that are different to Duncan. He's the, the weapons master. His name is... I was really hoping you are going to jump in there because I can't remember. No. <laughs> I was going to say that he was definitely more serious than Oscar Isaac was. He was very serious. Oh, yeah. He was always shouting about how uh, Paul was going to get himself killed. Yep. Yeah. Don't, ne- don't never turn your back on the door, he said, in a way that I thought was going to pay off, but didn't. Uh, maybe in the sequel. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave Bautista is there and looking bold and horrible. Uh, I mean, he's always bold, but really horrible. Uh, as part of the bold and horrible race of... Har- the Harmons? something is that right Harmons I think Harmons they, they were basically the the planet owners until they were told to leave and uh, replaced by the Arrakis yeah the emperor is like I've had enough of you horrible looking people mm-hmm. I'm going to send the good looking people down instead which kind of makes sense yeah uh, Stellan Skarsgård is there as we mentioned he's the Baron he looks hideous and can apparently fly mm-hmm. I don't remember that in the book <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, he doesn't make much use of it just well, I suppose he does because it saves his life. Spoilers. Um, Chang Chen, who I've never heard of, was there as a fairly significant character. Doctor Wu? Doctor something. I can't remember. I don't remember all the names specifically. No. There's so many people. There's so many characters. Uh, but yeah, he was the doctor in the Atreides house. Uh, that'll do. For, so we've mentioned Harry about them and those are all the people I bothered writing down. Did you, oh, oh yeah, Daniel Dalmash, Dalmatian. That's not right. Uh, was there fresh off his being polka dot man he is now another unpleasant person mm-hmm. he's good at he, yeah he did, I, I like him he's yeah. a nice guy in Ant-Man I suppose yeah exactly 
Uh, yeah, so there's a huge, huge cast of characters, uh, and it covers uh, the first half of the book, um, and it has to do a lot in this film. It has to introduce all these characters. It has to do a lot of will. This this film has to do a lot of world building, um, you know, because for those who have not read the book before, this is their first uh, eyes into the world of Dune, and they really need to, yeah, they really need to spell everything out to them. So there was quite a lot of exposition. <laughs> yeah. In, in in this film, I was gonna um, say yes because you kind of you kind of have to, and I I know we always talk about show not tell kind of thing, uh when it comes to films, but for a film which is two and a half hours long already, and hmm. to be able to cover you know the first half of the book and introducing all these characters and building the world, I thought the the fact that they managed to cut it to two and a half hours is pre is is it's an, an achievement is on right. <laughs> Really, yeah. Um, on the exposition, I felt it was sometimes a bit heavy-handed because a lot of it was he was watching a video that told him about Arrakis or and the little mouse. Yeah, and and you think I know there's a lot of information to get across fairly quickly, and some of it was in done in voiceover, wasn't it, at the start? Um, but you think surely there's a subtler way to get that information across, particularly since he's a new character. It's not like he's. T- a lot of these things are annoying because it's telling someone something they already know, but he, he doesn't know this stuff. So you just have someone saying, be careful of the sandworms, blah, 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 rather than watching an instructional manual. I mean, like what? Like a paragraph of text floating up to the scores of John Williams. Uh, you, so, that would do it, wouldn't it? <laughs> that, that's subtle, isn't it? Yeah, do. Um, apparently in the first, for the first film, the, um, the David Lynch one, there was a handout that was given to audience members explaining the background, which is never a good way to do a film. No, so. but... The thing is, right? I, I'm I'm still pretty impressed by the fact that they managed to do it like that because it's it's tough. It's really tough. Dune is one of those books that I thought that you know this would make a pretty good TV series because you have more time mm. to to build, more time to develop, more time to you know, cr- you know just to just introduce people to the world. But the fact that they managed to do this in two hours, and I don't I, I don't think I felt lost at any point in the in the film you know i i get what was happening you know i wasn't confused um they, they were pretty clear of uh, you know who where 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 people stood um which were characters stood in the film and mm. i thought that was quite an achievement is all right because it's not easy it really isn't yeah no i say i i think like yeah I, I wasn't lost although i did find myself focusing like having to pay quite a lot of attention to it for mm. what was what but i think dune is such a heavy sci-fi book uh, and it feels like it's sci-fi for people who already love sci-fi. Just, I mean, things like having multiple names for planets, having multiple races and the different languages and all stuff. It, it makes sense in sci-fi, and it's it's not uncommon certainly since Dune uh, for that to be done. But it is so much to to get across. And for me, I I, I think I've been trying to work out why I don't love the book, and I think it's probably because I I'm much more interested in the individual stories than I'm in the kind of the the sweeping worlds. And I think okay. I know there's others who it's the other way they're much more interested in the kind of learning about the different tribes and how they interact stuff whereas i always want to kind of the hero's quest uh and it felt like in the book and for me and i feel like we might disagree on this um in the film as well there was too much too much devoted to setting out the landscape and this is how this works and this is who these people are and not enough this is what how paul is uh, is feeling and this is how he's experiencing it and this is how his relationships work mm. so which may seem harsh as you say given how difficult it is to translate to a film so i think given the source material maybe this is maybe they couldn't do anything else 
the best they could do. Yeah, I, I, I do get that. I, I do get that. Like, um, one of the things that I have to mention is that I know that going into this film, that I was going to get this because, um, you know, because I know how how big the world is. Hmm. So I knew that they they're probably going to do this. So having that kind of expectations kind of set. You know, kind of set the scene, right? Like, I, I'm not too sure if someone who's like, yeah, brand new, what what they would think of of Dune, yeah. Yeah, I, I went in expecting to be bored, if I'm honest. <laughs> um, just because, yeah, the, the, I I like some fancy stuff, but mm, I don't know. Having watched the trailers, having read the book, I didn't. I felt like I was going to be bored, and I don't think I ever was bored. I just wasn't that captivated. Okay. A lot of the time, I I say so I like the actors in it, and I think they do some good stuff. But I wasn't on the edge of my seat like what's going to happen to Paul. Like there are a few moments where I was. There's oh. some really good scenes and some really good uh, interpersonal stuff. But then, oh. yeah, just watching a big scene where they're going, where a sandworm's coming up. Like, I'm not that interested in this, to be honest. Ah, oh, some of the shots are incredible though. Like a lot of the desert scenes look really, really, really good. Like really good. <laughs> Let's talk about that. So, um, so I, I thought for me, I felt they did look good, but they, I really missed Roger Deakins in this. He was the um, cinematographer for uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine, previous to film the film. And I felt I didn't feel the June shots had that level of beauty to them. I felt it was kind of impressive and and maybe awe inspiring, but but I can't think of any beautiful shots in it. Oh. Maybe that's just me. Me, yeah, me. I'm trying to think of whether I can pinpoint any shot that I thought was particularly beautiful. Um, but I thought it's just in general the way that you know they, they just showed the desert and you yeah. know I thought it just looked really good. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's got it's good in terms of uh, production design. It looks impressive. It's got its own feel. It feels yes. it feels right. I mean, you can see some crossover with Arrival, I think. But but yeah, no, it's definitely got its distinct feeling to it. Um, that from the clips I've seen of the David Lynch film, um, it looks better than that. So that's good. Mm. We haven't really cut, uh, we haven't switched to spoilers, but I'm not sure how much. I don't think is. I don't think there's much to spoil really. Like like even this this review alone, like I think I wrote less in this than I did for the Venom like Derby Carnage one. Sure. Yeah. Um, but only because um, it's one of those films that it's just is right. Like you know. Well, let's let's try some spoilers, shall we? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so as you already hinted out, he is the Messiah, effectively. Mm-hmm. He's the chosen one. I think that was pretty guessable early on. I guess yep. the, the biggest spoiler is that his dad gets killed. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, that's the thing. It doesn't feel like a spoiler to me because, like, shouldn't people know this? Like, it, it was it was heading to that anyway. <laughs> In the book, the, one of the things I do remember in the book is that a lot of people think Jessica did it. And, and uh-huh. that wasn't... It wasn't hinted at at all in the film. Whether they're going to try and pick that up later, I don't know. Mm. Um, now it turned out it was a doctor, and he did it to try and save his wife at the behest of the Baron. Yep. There you go. That's spoilers. Um, no, he, he, they, he and his mum crash in the in the dunes, and they go and find Zendaya, and then he kills a guy. And that's it. And then, yeah, and then. And Zendaya, then he walks slowly. Yeah, they walk slowly. Zendaya turns to the camera and says, "This is just the beginning." Um, <laughs> <laughs> for for her role, yes. <laughs> for her day's work, um, uh, and um, that's it. I, that, that's pretty much it, right? That's the thing. Like, I mean, like, I I admire the skill. I admire what they're trying to do with this. I admire the whole endeavor of this. And it's been a long time since there's you know there's like this saga 
the size science fiction saga. I mean, you can consider Star Wars as one, but you know, you know how they ended. Um, <laughs> we all know how they ended. <laughs> it's never going to end. Yeah. So, end. so will you watch Dune two? Yeah, for sure. See, I don't think I will. I, it's the kind of thing. I, maybe I, I, I wouldn't be adverse to catching it on streaming and stuff, but I just don't feel that excited by it. So there you go. A, a difference of opinion that doesn't always so, happen. So, so many differing opinions today, Colin. Maybe you'll yeah. like Last Christmas then. Maybe when I get to your age, I will. Uh, I will change my mind. Um, <laughs> here's so one one thought I had. Yeah. So uh, Rebecca Ferguson, um, she oh she can use the voice to make people do stuff because she's a, yeah. a Bedit Chesserai or something, uh, some sort of witch. But uh, also there's this um, uh, sign language. I was intrigued that basically two little finger hook movements means the the bold no the scarred one is deaf. So that seems quite a complex sentiment to get across in just two little movements. I would expect a good five minutes or so of having to do stuff to get across. Um, the only thing that struck me as particularly funny was that they spent such a long time talking about how the freemen were move, walking differently on the sand to avoid attracting the sandworms, and the last shot was them all just walking normally. <laughs> I didn't I thought that, yes. Uh, dear. I could have happily lived without the weird sand dance. Yeah, me too. I yeah. think it doesn't add anything. Yeah, well... Uh, so there you go. Maybe I will. I'm not catch it, but it's a good cast, and yeah, I, 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 my feeling about the film is more or less the same as my feeling about the book. Really, you know, I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. I, Ambivalent. Just, yeah, basically, which is always a, a bit dull for review. I apologise, but uh, mm. that's where I'm. That's where I'm at with it. All right. Good stuff. Uh, we move on then to uh, look back in Oscar. We've got time for this. Yeah, just about. Um, okay. Where well, you're doing editing, so that's true. I don't mind. I mean, you're used to editing long podcasts now, right? Please, so please, please, let's discuss this longer. <laughs> uh, dear. And we're also recording later than we normally do. It's 10 o'clock. Um, we, look, we looked at the film of Chicago, Zijan. Tell us about Chicago. Was I right when I said it was 2002? Uh, so it's based on a musical of the same name, starring Renee Zellweger and Catherine Zeta-Jones as two murderers who find themselves in jail together in 1920s Chicago. Um you, yeah, you can probably notice that I'm not mentioning the, the year because I don't have it. Oh, fair enough. Okay, <laughs> I don't have it in my spreadsheet. Ah, uh, no, um, no, sorry, I, I wasn't trying to throw you under the bus. <laughs> normally, uh, <laughs> normally you have that kind of information at your fingertips. Usually. I should do. Yeah, I usually do because I usually state all of these. But anyway, it was the first musical to win Best Picture since Oliver in 1968. Yeah, that's crazy, isn't it? That's insane. If you think about it, because there was a time when musicals were winning Best Picture year after year after year, and Ever since 1968, there was none till Chicago. Well, I can crazy. confirm it was 2002. Nailed it. Way. Um, apart from Best Picture, it also won five other awards at the Academy Awards, including Best Supporting Actress for Catherine Zeta-Jones. Mm. Uh, yeah. Uh, supporting cast Richard Gere, Queen Latifah, mm. uh, John C. Riley, and others. Uh, Have I you seen this musical? This is the second time I've seen it. Uh, uh, the the first film? But the oh, sorry. The, uh, uh, no, I've not seen the stage show, no. no. So I've seen the stage show. Oh, yeah. Uh, in the West End. And the film is so much better than oh, the stage right. show. Okay. Yeah. The, the stage show just doesn't really work for me. Uh, I think the, the film captures all... You know, it's so stylistic. It's done so well. And the stage show just pales in comparison. It really does. That's so I would recommend watching the stage show after watching the film. That really is interesting. Does. Okay. Because the... The way that Chicago is, is made is, is kind of uh, 
it's very much like the musical in, in that they cut to a, being on a stage and doing it as a musical in mm. and they can't often flick between that in scene so like the courtroom scene you kind of go back and forth between Richard Gere doing a tap dance and Richard Gere in, in court so it's um, bringing you out of the moment and back in again over and over which is a fascinating way of doing it I think well, I think it does work for the film though it really does because uh, the, the, the style the style alone it fits yeah I my, my brother tweeted me after I, I said I'd watched this to say oh, did you like it more this time and I, so apparently <laughs> I, I don't remember this but apparently I didn't like it the first time really around. Okay. I, I don't remember that at all I said I, I didn't watch it in the cinema but I, I watched it probably a, a year or two after it came out uh, I, for, for me I think there are some bits that are brilliant and some bits that drag a bit for me the first half drags a little bit I think mm. a, a, any song where you're not really getting any more information and there are a few of those where it's just like I know I'm I'm uh, I'm stuck here in prison or, or so, and then sing about that for five minutes I, I much prefer the ones like the courtroom where the scene is prolo- is ongoing as well as the song so I think yeah, for me where it dragged a little bit was where you didn't have as much plot with your song uh, but that would mean like great songs like Cell Block Tango will never make it it would yeah, Cell, Cell Block Tango is literally a plotless yeah. <laughs> song it doesn't it doesn't give Which one's anything that? The one where the six murderesses were singing to Roxy Hart in jail. Yeah, I could I could live without that to be honest. <laughs> oh, that's that's a great banger. I, I love that song. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. But yeah, the cast were great. Richard Gere, I think, is really good. Obviously, um, as you say, Oscar for Catherine. Do you think Renee Zellweger was nominated yeah. for best actress? For best actress. Yeah. Queen Latifah was nominated for best supporting actress, which surprised me slightly. John C. Reilly was nominated as well. Oh, was he? Good man. Mm. He's best supporting actor. I think this oh. is his. Only nomination. Uh, really? I love John C. Riley. So That's, yeah, that feels wrong. It feels very wrong. <laughs> it really does. Um, I think this was the this was the beginning of the musical renaissance in mm. cinema. To yeah, be absolutely. honest, um, yeah. before this, I think the last one was Evita, and that was in ni- early the late nineteen nineties. Uh, that was that did quite well as well, but it didn't have it didn't give the resurgence of musicals as. Um, Chicago did because mm. straight after Chicago Phantom of the Opera came in mm. um, and then more and more musical films came out it's um, and still so going isn't it, it I mean, is, we're still it getting is. musicals yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, contrary to popular belief the movie musicals are very niche and um, they don't really make a lot of money so okay. that's one of the reasons why they're not uh, you know movie studios don't do it like In the Heights that we love mm. is a box office bomb yeah yeah. I guess Greatest Showman did very well but that was a was absolutely uh outlier in many ways. Mm, yeah. Exactly. So, um, I, you know, I give Chicago kudos for bringing back musicals into film. Um, I was looking at the the the, the films was up against because I was thinking yeah. I like this film. But I'm not sure it's the best year. Um, it was Catch Me If You Can was that year, which I, I much prefer. Uh, okay. Which I think is Spielberg's last great movie. Uh, but otherwise, it wasn't a bumper crop. It was up against. <laughs> oh, Colin. But well done, Chicago. <laughs> you don't have to kick it like that. Yeah, I'm, it's like, congratulations, you're the best of a fairly okay bunch. Remember, we watched Tom Jones, okay? Yeah, no, the, one, one of these days, and we'll rank them all, and um, Tom <laughs> Jones is definitely bottom of the pile. <laughs> I mean, I really started that, Colleen. Guess what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, uh, next time then, we are going to do Actor Factor, where we look at the film's particular actor, and it is going to be William H. Macy. Okay. No, no particular reason other than uh, I just I went to a website that automatically generated five random actors. Um, okay. I was lacking inspiration, and he was one of them. I thought, yeah, let's go with him. 
Have we not done him already for some reason? Uh, no, I did check. We haven't. Okay. No. Um, there's our final segment then. It is the quiz. Um, it's it's all, it's a bit of a runaway victory so far this year, Zijan, but there's still time for you to pull it back. Is there really? Well, just about. <laughs> um, if, would, I, if I lose this one, is there uh, a chance to draw? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe, maybe even. Anyway, I'm three up, and listeners can do their own maths for how many Fortnites there are left this year. Uh, we're quizzing on Jaws. Zijan, do you want to take us away? Yeah. Question one. What were the names of the three full-size mechanical sharks used in Jaws? They all share the same name. Bruce. Bruce. I'm so, glad, I'm so glad that you said they all share the same name because I didn't know any others. <laughs> uh, named after Spielberg's lawyer. Lawyer? Yeah. yeah. Uh, who wrote the book Jaws? You know, I wish I were uh, read this. <laughs> Michael Creighton. Yeah, it's worth a try, isn't it? Uh, yeah. P- Peter Benchley. Ah, yes. It's so weird because I, I watch a I watch a play recently called uh, the, the Shark Is Broken. All right. Um, it basically stars um three actors playing the three main characters in Jaws. When there were so many faults with the shark, so they just spend a lot of time just waiting and moaning and talking about stuff. Um, it's quite it's quite a good play. Um, I, I, and, yeah, uh, I saw a review of that. Yeah. Uh, Robert Shaw's son plays yeah, him. Wait a minute, I didn't see a review. A friend of mine is working on it. Ah, oh, nice. It's like. A, don't know what role exactly but behind the scenes it's her, her job so uh. mm, very cool but anyway that's my that's my quote for today question to Richard Dreyfus, who played Matt Hooper did not appear in Jaws 2 due to Spielberg not directing it to address this where was his character purported to be ooh uh, prison <laughs> for killing a shark yeah <laughs> he's in Antarctica Oh, uh, well. <laughs> uh, how many Oscars did Jaws win? Oh. Just the first one. I'm pretty sure uh, I'm pretty sure that's the total anyway. But um, Three. It, it is three. Oh. I can't remember. They're mostly sound-based, I think. Yeah, sound, soundtrack, and film editing. There you go. Good work. Mm. Uh, question three. Moving away from Amity Island, where the first two Jaws were set, where was Jaws 3D set? Oh, I did read this. You don't need this win, Colin. Uh, Orlando, isn't it? Yeah, see you, Orlando. Uh, question three. What was the tagline for Jaws 2? Uh, just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water. Nice. Yep. Uh, question four. Who is the only actor who have reprised their role in three of the four Jaws movies? The one who played his wife. Uh, you know, if you're not winning this quiz uh, <laughs> for the year, Colin, I may have given it to you, but you are. Dorothy so Emmett. Care. So I really don't care. No, fair enough. I wouldn't. Uh, Dorothy Emmett is the name I've made up for her. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. It's Lorraine Gary. So close. Um, who directed Jaws 3D, which was the only film he ever directed? Uh, it's the one uh, called Joe Elves. Yes, very good. Oh. Uh, the last one for you is. I need Christian. this to stay in the game. Uh, question five. The infamous Jaws theme by John Williams features which instrument as the solo instrument for the first half of the theme? Oh, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. I like these kind of questions. Yeah. It feels like it's a uh, double bass. Ooh, so close. Uh, well, not really, but <laughs> it's a tuba. 
So I start close the door. <laughs> no, <laughs> not really. I said not really. Uh, it felt string-like to me. Oh well. Uh, so you've already won, Zijan. Um, but here's a, you can, here's a final question to see if you can win by more. Um, who said about Jaws the Revenge? I've never seen it, but by all accounts, it is terrible. However, I have seen the house that it built, and it is terrific. Ooh. Jaws the Revenge. Jaws the Revenge. Uh, I know Michael Caine is in it, so I'm going to go for Michael Caine. It is Michael Caine. Yeah. <laughs> Good work. 4-2. Uh, a glorious victory. Zijan um, closing the gap. Uh, next time, we are quizzing on the Meet the Parents trilogy. Uh, on wow. the basis that I d- I've looked up a list of the highest grossing series ever, and we've done almost all of them already. So uh, this was this was on there quite low down the list. I don't think you've seen this series I have not any seen any of films. them, no, no. Are you going to do research then for this quiz? I might even watch it. I might even watch them. So yeah, maybe that's the level of research I'll do. Cool. All right then. Good luck. Thanks, man. Um, but what is our main topic for next time? We will be watching The Eternals. No. No, No, I mean not. No, wa- this time. We're watching Last Night in Soho next time. Are we? Oh, no. <laughs> I got <laughs> Can you give me back my spreadsheet? <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, Zizan, what's our uh, main topic for next time? We'll be watching Last Night in Soho. I can't wait. <laughs> we'll see you then. Bye.